Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, Trade, and William. I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub, and Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack. Welcome to another fun-packed show about news that changed immediately after we recorded it last <laughs> week. Uh, how are you both feeling? I know last week we were a little hot. We were a little bothered. Uh, how are we feeling now? I I learned something really fun today that I want. Would Would you what? all like to learn a fun fact about anatomy? Always would love to learn a fun okay, fact about anatomy. Okay. So, uh, you know, my voice is still recovering from vocal surgery. Blah blah blah. It's getting better, uh, but it's it's slow. So I started uh, like speech therapy today to kickstart it, Ooh. and it started with like a lot of anatomy lessons about your vocal cords. Mm-hmm. And do you know that your vocal cords, your vocal Vocal folds look almost exactly like a vagina. What? Like it's literally okay. Wow. I swear it's it's every like I'm not gonna get graphic, but I just want to let you know that it's vocal it's like folds. Vocal your vocal cords. It like oh uh, yes. Oh. Okay, so <laughs> listeners listening at home, yes. If you are on say a work device, don't. Google this. <laughs> Do not log on to your employer monitored work device and Google or, vocal folds. Or go the other way. And if you get busted, just tell them you're looking at vocal cords. Like, oh, true. Okay. You know yeah. And, 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 and I just looked this up and yeah, 100%, 100%. And yes, I think that that is actually the best advice, Brianna, which is if you get caught <laughs> looking at the vag on the work machine. No, I was just looking at vocal cords because I think that I might need, you know, to to get some exercises or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I'm looking at vocal folds because I'm feeling a little thirsty. Uh, and I, I just wanted to see what, you know, you know okay. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there with the medical professional and like, she's going like, and these are the problems and this is what's swollen. And then, and then she goes, she pauses and she goes, and do you just want to take a moment and, and acknowledge that these are very vaginal looking photographs, which is the most awkward thing for anyone to say to you. When You're both nodding solemnly. Like, yes, yes. No, it didn't occur to me at all. Um, my goodness. All right. Well, thank you for this fun fact. <laughs> I'm definitely going to take this with me uh, to the grave uh, mm-hmm. after informing all of our listeners. <laughs> oh, goodness. It is a fun fact. Like, it is. This is fun. Yes. It is. And and I am not using a work machine right now, but I will say that like there was like a there was like a, a 50% chance that I could have been. And I wasn't even thinking that way. And I was like, oh, got lucky there. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Solemn, solemn. So glad, 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 glad to learn. Yep. No Gladys on the work machine. Wow. Let's talk about our big update from last week's uh, mm-hmm. top story. They fixed Instagram immediately, immediately after the uproar that we spoke about last week. Uh, but most importantly, because Adam Mosseri is famously a valued and beloved Rocket listener. Yeah, um, is actually a silent participant in all of the recordings of our shows. He's on the Skype. Uh, welcome, Adam. Thanks for listening. Um, 
they immediately rolled back the terrible changes uh, of the full screen photos and videos in the feed. uh, And they're also reducing the number of recommended posts. Uh, This change is going to be rolling out over the course of a couple weeks. It's already been, as we know, six days. uh, And it's already, the change has already taken place on my own personal Finsta and my entire life experience has improved. Uh, In a statement, Adam Mosseri said, if we're not failing every once in a while, we're not thinking big or bold enough. Um, I was pleased to note that this was, I mean, obviously, as we talked about last week, this was a thing where like Instagram users were speaking up en masse. Uh, The Kardashians were like reposting things saying, make Instagram, Instagram again. Uh, But the change was also backed by data. Uh, Masseri said the data was showing that people were frustrated. Uh, The usage data was going down. So like it, it truly was not just like a case of so often with, app changes we uh whine about it because it's different and different things are bad this was actually bad uh and i'm also pleased to note that the data mirrors my own behavior i was trying to show them by (laughs) immediately quitting their app every time i opened it that their changes were bad so i did this with my behavior you did this. I mean, no. I mean, look, I think that we all have to once again give credit to like the only real influencer, which is Kylie Jenner, because because Kylie did this. Like, let's. <laughs> yeah. I'm, okay. I'm, 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 act- okay. I'm actually not even You're being flippant here. I'm actually not even being flippant here. And I give Kylie more credit than Kim. I know Kim is like more quote unquote famous, but Kylie has more followers. And Kylie is also the one who like cut down Snapchat's uh, market cap <laughs> when she tweeted about Snapchat being over. And Kylie's the coolest one. So yeah, like. Thank you, Kylie, for continuing to speak truth to power as as, as only a billionaire um, influencer can um, <laughs> keep keep you know keep doing the the good work. Wow. Um, <laughs> the Instagram will also, as I mentioned, be temporarily reducing the amount of recommended posts. They're working on improving their algorithm. Um, so you will probably see a reprieve in that for now, and then. We and will then return. We won't. Yeah, that's the thing. I guess, do we think this is just a little update topic? But one question, I guess, would be do we think that they will sneakily try to like bring back these changes? Or is the full screen uh, mimicking? I mean, obviously, they're still going to try to mimic TikTok on some level. They're still yeah. going to bring back recommendations. I don't know if they'll do the full screen thing again, or at least not the way that they did, which, again, as I said, felt really bad. It was um, awful. But do do we think that they're going to kind of slide back towards these changes in the near future? Yes, but I think that they will probably be smart enough to do one of two things. One, wait long enough so that they hope that most people have forgotten about this and are mad about something else (laughs) and and like won't remember this, right? So like if you wait like six to eight months, we all, none of us have memories anymore. Like maybe that will be part of it. Um, you know, and, and companies have done that before, like Twitter's done that. A lot of places have like introduced bad changes, been like, oh, I'm so sorry, and then like reintroduced a bad change that's nearly identical. Um, yeah. So I think it could be that. And then I think the secondary thing is I will give them a little bit of credit here as much as I hate to. I think that part of the reason that the recommendations are so like awful for us is because it's just not a good system, whereas TikToks yeah. is. I don't think it fixes the fundamental problem that I talked about last week, which is that people have a different expectation using Instagram versus using uh, TikTok. And and the New Yorker actually wrote a, – a, a writer for the New Yorker wrote something that was 
very similar to what I've been saying for for months and months on that exact topic. I don't think that that um, a better algorithm will, will solve that fundamental problem. But I do think that if you did have a better algorithm for recommendations, it you would get um, probably less people not using the app, which, as you said, that's how they're able to really justify this is the mm. data is not lying where they're saying, oh, people are actually not using this as much, which, you know, I think that to a company like that, like, look, obviously, no matter what they say, they are going to be pressured by the Kardashians being vocal about their displeasure because those people can genuinely make massive seismic, you know, yeah. like uh, changes in how other people use the app. But I think that if um, they are, they saw a real tangible like difference in usage, you could probably get a way, like you might not have that problem if you actually had a better algorithm engine. Yeah. And I, I think another thing that we, we didn't touch on last week, uh, but the TikTok does is that, you know, they do have the main feed, which is all recommendations. And then they have a friends tab. Instagram also had that in this model, but rather than being like both visible all the time, like it is on TikTok, like you can very easily swap between those things. Instagram had that your like people that you're following hidden in a drop down and a lot of people didn't even know it was there so what they were experiencing was suddenly unrelated accounts popping up and they didn't know how to get back to their friends um so that's like just a right off the bat something that yeah. could superficially change that that they could use to make that 100%. experience better 100% and i mean look i still don't think that that is a solution um, and you know, I, I have my own, I don't like, want questions it to about be a it. solution. Let me be I, clear. I, I, <laughs> no, I, I agree. But, but, but I, but I also do agree with you that I think that's what made this particular change so bad was that not only did you have bad algorithm, not only does this have weird mixed messaging, yeah. but then the UI was bad too. The whole UI was bad. Not just the, the lack yeah. of knowing if there's a friends tab, the full screen thing, like the whole thing was just and really, really terrible. That note, let's move into our main topic of the day. Instagram, we are always waiting to see what you will bring to us next. But now we need to get to the real hard news. Thanks for your acknowledgement, Adam Masseri. We'll send you a rocket t-shirt. Um, Twitter <laughs> versus Elon Musk continues with new updates uh, from Tesla, or rather Twitter, has filed a subpoena for all of Tesla's documents and communications related to Musk's bid to take over Twitter. Uh, Tesla has seven days to respond. And among the things that uh, Twitter is asking for, so actually rewind <laughs> if you're new to our show. Elon Musk is trying to get out of purchasing Twitter, a thing that he agreed to do without any kind of formal review. Twitter is now suing him in Delaware to force him to commit to buying Twitter to the tune of $44 billion. Twitter has 27 requests for Tesla, including internal communications about Musk's takeover plan. All communications between Musk and Twitter and between Musk and co-investors like Larry Ellison. All documents related to the $8.4 billion worth of Tesla stock that Musk sold to finance the bid. Uh, materials related to the $6.25 billion loan commitment that he took out in May. Uh, and then all of Tesla's communications with media outlets regarding the merger deal. Uh, the Verge also says Twitter needs... Uh, Tesla, rather, needs to give up documents and communications related to uh, Musk's offer for some or all of Twitter's shares, as well as any internal documents related to his tweet on May 13th, where he told the world that the deal was on hold pending that additional information he wanted about spam bots on the platform, which is universally viewed 
as a uh, paper thin excuse to get out of purchasing this platform that he made a commitment to buying without a- any kind of review into uh, the health of the platform. He waived that responsibility. So Tesla, Tesla getting involved. Uh, its stock is apparently, as of the reading that I did today, stock up, uh, which is different from how it has been uh, recently, <laughs> like with Musk's wavering back and forth on Twitter. Tesla has suffered from that. I, I do have to say, I think that's more due to the fact that some of their rivals uh, today had to uh, cut expectations about the number of things they're going to ship. So that's the way I read that news personally. Aw, congrats to Tesla's rivals. Tech stocks are also a little bit in an upswing this week. So is it yes, safe probably to check my 401k? Things. Um, no, but it's getting a lot better. Okay. (laughs) That's good news. All right. So Tesla, Tesla, I think as, as predicted, uh, being dragged into the battle between Twitter and Elon Musk. Uh, but Tesla's in a weird position as I was reading in like the Verge piece, they, they generally, uh, like the media, their communications with media outlets are being requested, but Tesla doesn't really like talk to the media and my understanding no. is they right. barely even have a PR department. They don't anymore. Like they used to, but they don't anymore. Um, but yeah. I think that was the most interesting part of it because, you know, this is what Sarah Needleman over at the wall street journal was talking about is it's almost going to be a glimpse into uh, the fact that if they have any kind of internal PR department at all mm-hmm. uh, that even talks about this stuff, because right. it's all the internal stuff we're, we're interested in. So ironically, this could be one of the biggest hints if they're you know, answering a lot of journalists' questions, like, is there anyone at Tesla at all that does this? Also, Simone, I have to say, I feel like you left out the most gossiplicious part of this whole story, Hit me. Uh, which was... All the venture capitalists. I was about to say this too. This is amazing. Yes. Oh wait, tell so, me all about this. Okay, so it wasn't in the the, the Verge article for what it was reason. on Monday. It was in Wall Street Journal. It was in the separate okay. subpoena. So so this sure. subpoena for for the invest for the Tesla stuff came out on Wednesday, and this what you're talking about about to tell us about happened Monday. Right. So it was uh, like a bunch of people like they're on Twitter and they're like showing the subpoena and flipping it off. And this is nothing but a fishing expedition. And, and, it's a bunch of, and a bunch of VCs. So off about it, you know. And to be fair, I can, God knows I don't want to stick up for them, but I do think it's a fair thing to grouse about, right? Because oh, yeah. uh, they're going to have to make a bunch of time to come talk to Twitter's lawyers. It is a fishing expedition at the and, same and, and, time. And sorry, sorry, sorry yeah. let, let's just give some context yeah. to the readers because we skipped over, or listeners because we skipped over that. So in addition to the Tesla information, um, Twitter issued a subpoena on Monday asking for information um, based on a bunch of venture capitalists who have either um, been uh, publicly known to be part of the, the financing part of the deal, or um, I, I guess through their own knowledge, we didn't know part of it. So this includes uh, Chamath uh, uh, Pelahaptia, uh, can't, can't mispronounce that, but anyway, Chamath, uh, David Sachs, um, uh, uh, Steve Jurvetson, uh, Mark Andreessen, Jason Calacanis, and uh, Keith Ray Boyce, amongst All others. Names. So, so a bunch of really high profile VCs now are also the subject of a subpoena to have to hand over information about, I guess, their their conversations with Elon about the deal. I gotta say, I mean, from what you're telling me, of course, if I were a venture capitalist, sure, I'd be annoyed at being, uh, you know, bothered with this request. However, 
I'm not a venture capitalist. <laughs> I'm a podcaster and a gossip monger. Oh, yeah. And this sounds great to me. I have I have 100%. no objections. And I think that Twitter's lawyers are doing the right thing here. I mean, you know, even a single email could swing this case or be incredibly damning. And I think they're going after the right people. I mean, let's be honest. If like everything we've ever said to someone like each other got subpoenaed, oh, yeah. they find some pretty hot gossip there. So. Every so often when I'm like searching my Gmail for something, it mm-hmm. turns up the Gchat logs from when I was like role playing on LiveJournal in high school. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, I don't even recognize the way that I write. Anyway, uh, this probably won't happen unless we could be about to learn about which VCs are um, are doing role play with Elon Musk I mean, over email as certain characters, perhaps from famous anime, uh, perhaps from video games. We don't I mean, know. Yeah. What if what, what if they have like a D&D leak that we're just not aware of? Right. <gasps> like that would be that would be really interesting. Yes, I think it would be. And then we could probably learn what what I think we would receive in that situation would be lots of emails of people, say, complaining about Elon Musk's behavior in their uh, biweekly D&D game, how he did not stay in character and seemed to be doing things just (laughs) for the meme. uh, And it wasn't funny anymore. And they were kind of tired of playing with him. But if, you know, at that level, at that level of play, at that level of financial investment, there are real repercussions if you speak up to your dungeon master about a fellow player. And that's not okay. Like, at the, ta- the table should be a safe space, is it what really I'm saying. It really should. Yeah. It really should. I mean, I think it also means that, like, you know, if you're going to communicate about these types of things, you should probably use Signal or, mm-hmm. or some other end-to-end encrypted service that you know, they can't like issue a subpoena on um, to actually be able to get things off of, you know what I mean? Like, yep. And turn on that auto delete. Yeah. Oh, oh, always have the auto delete on. Uh, use signal with a lawn or a burner phone for that matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, don't 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 do anything on the on the official company email if, if you don't want uh, the uh, the courts to come after you. I mean, in fair, I, I actually I'm with Bree. Like I, I'm with you, of course, Simone. Like, I think this is hilarious. and I'm here for the gossip. But how do you think these guys are at him? Because they're like. Dude, so, you just yeah, you just brought so all of all, all all of my like monetary stuff, which is private and also could potentially have, you know, like information that could give info on deal flow or other things to my competitors. Like now I have to deal with this stuff because Elon can't actually just he can't be normal. He can't just buy a company or not buy a company. He has to like go and be all Elon about it. And now I'm caught up in this. Yeah, 100%. Um, If I could just say something, I only know this because I had a meeting with a lawyer uh, this week about some litigation. uh, And it turns out I was really surprised to hear the signal is subpoenable. So, oh, yeah. Um, oh, no, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah I'm sure. I'm, I guess my point would be like, I guess it, it's, def- it's definitely like subpoenable, but it would depend sure. on if you have like the notifications disappearing or not. And 100%. hey, if yeah. I happen to lose the password to my phone, whoops. Oopsie. Uh, you know, I don't know. So, but yeah, you're right. Previously on the show, we've talked about how this case will likely have no repercussions for Elon Musk. He has a level of wealth that is unimaginable. However, do we think that the disgust and frustration of his peers in the venture capitalist community could 
take him down a peg as it were no 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 okay. I, I think it could pressure him to settle i mean it's one thing if you're embarrassing yourself if you start to embarrass your friends i think yeah. it has a non-zero impact Ooh. i mean i don't know i think he's so rich that they stood all these people even though they're probably really at him and probably have a group chat that he's not in where they're all talking <laughs> you know smack about him you know which 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 we all know how that happens you have the group chat and then all of a sudden it goes dead and the reason it goes dead is because someone's in the group chat that you don't want to talk to anymore so <laughs> and 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 for the listeners, if you suddenly notice that a group chat you're in is no longer active and you don't talk to those people anymore, the person they want to kick out of the group chat is you. I'm sorry <gasps> to tell you that, but that's the truth. I've been kicked out of it. I, I, I'm aware of this. I'm also the part of many group chats where we've, you know, done the the coward's way of, of creating a new one. So there's a new group chat without Elon, but I think Elon is so rich and has probably made most of them so much money. And they're all such little like weenie cowards who can't, you know, like they don't want to like be on the wrong side because like what if something goes right for him no i i i I have to be honest i don't think this will like demonstrably change anything except in the future they might be like less eager to immediately jump on the bandwagon of whatever crazy you know scheme that he's doing for the meme it might need to be canoodled a bit yeah this episode of rocket is brought to you by squarespace Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your audience online and your business. I don't know why I said audience. It's because I'm a podcaster. Hmm. But Squarespace, primarily, I would say, is a place for growing your business, but also your audience. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage your audience, that's where that comes from, and sell anything, your products, your services, and even the content that you create. Squarespace has you covered all the way. Uh, for example, do you want to sell your products in an online store? Uh, you can with Squarespace. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling those things online. You can also use insights to grow your business. If you've ever, say, been selling your products, <laughs> physical or digital online, and you've wondered, where are these site visits and sales coming from? Who are these people? How am I reaching them? You can analyze all of that with Squarespace. Once you've got that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or your most popular products and content. And hey, along the way, you can get in with their SEO tools. You can use the suite of integrated features and the useful guides that Squarespace has to help maximize your prominence among search results. Excellent stuff for anyone building a business, audience, or brand online. For example, if anyone, uh, say, wanted... No, I shouldn't talk about blogging about Elon Musk's DMs. Um, well, I hey, mean, what, what if you were starting I, I an actual play blog. podcast? Yeah. Let, let's pick up this thread of an actual play podcast. Say uh, you're entering that crowded space. Uh, you could host a podcast. You could start a, an email newsletter to blast that podcast out to people. You could be posting blogs that are transcripts of every episode. You could be selling your merch, your cool t-shirts on Squarespace. Um, and then you could be finding out like, how am I doing with SEO here? What can I do to rank better using Squarespace's tools? There, I've just invented a scenario from whole cloth for you. Head to Squarespace dot com slash rocket for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you are ready to launch, haha, use the offer code rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That is squarespace.com slash rocket. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% 
off your first purchase and show your support for us here at Rocket. Thank you so much to Squarespace for your support of this show and all of Relay FM. Oh yeah. Guess what we are going to return to speaking about once more. Our, our endless advocacy of NFTs on the show. Yes. Oh my gosh. Our passionate, full-throated, full-glottis support of NFTs. I'm putting my whole uh, throat into. Uh-huh. <laughs> vocal we, folds. My whole vocal folds. We really folds. believe you. <laughs> My fussy, if you will. Um, Your fussy. Fussy? Oh my God. Thrissy? Anyway. Oh my God. So, according to a Bloomberg. The show's over. We can't do anything better. No, we really can't. Podcast is canceled. Yep. Uh, No, this is serious. We're talking about a Bloomberg story. Those are behind the best paywalls in the industry. Come on, okay. get it together. Okay. This is okay. true. I'm serious. This is true. Yes. I, had, I had to expense a, a whole bunch of GitHub's money um, to, to get access to Bloomberg. So, wow. yes, you're correct. I mean, I, you. I, I, also, I also had to, like, spend a certain amount of money by the end of the fiscal year. So, also, thank you, Bloomberg, for costing so much money so that I could do that. But go on. <laughs> Bloomberg helps us get the job done. Uh, the it really does. The textbook publisher Pearson suggests that blockchain technology could let it take a secondary oh. cut of textbook sales, according to a Bloomberg story that has since been also uh, reported out elsewhere. CEO of Pearson, Andy Bird, said evil things, such as, quote-unquote, in the analog world... Sorry, wait, what's the voice that I should use for this? Like, what, what's, an, what's an evil voice that I could use? <laughs> Yeah, I think you could make your your British uh, your British Mary Poppins like We're really gonna evil. alienate evil. Our, our English listeners. Um, in the analog world, a Pearson textbook was resold up to seven times, and we would only participate in the first sale. The move to digital helps diminish the secondary market, and technology like blockchain and NFTs allows us to participate in every sale of that particular item as it goes through its life said ceo yeah. andy bird yeah so so simone i just just yeah. you're gonna have to bleep me here i just have one thing to say to this sure pearson go f- yourself yep sorry carry on thank you uh currently the bright side of this is that you know this was just it, this was a quarterly earnings call where he's talking about right. these things they don't have a concrete plan to do such a thing however it is interesting because it would be massively disruptive to the publishing world which currently yes allows resale on physical books but has no system is such system in place for ebooks and it has in fact actively resisted any yes. such system being put in place. Um, there are companies, uh, as The Verge points out, that have been attempting to create a, a market for digital resale for years and have been blocked by publishers because publishers are like, ah, scary. We don't understand digital. It's frightening to us. I think it's also because of the first sale doctrine and there are probably some legal challenges about how much money they could potentially mm. like make from it, which maybe or may which may or may not apply to NFTs because they wouldn't technically be books, but that 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 is just speculation. Yes. Can I, can I ask a real question here? Yeah. This is what really gets me about this story is he, oh, how can I put this? 
Can you imagine working in the textbook space, a space that just is famously uh, just exploitive of of students, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is so oh, it's awful. Bad. It's the, the worst. Students is so overpriced. It is so crazy. And already, you have like they will take a chapter and they'll take a change a couple sentences in it. Yep, and they will resell it. it. And, yep. Yeah, and then the old version gets deprecated, and they can't follow along in your notes to the syllabus. Nope. Like, it's all ready. It's and a total racket. This is from me knowing when I went to college. I imagine just now you have to, like, sell a kidney to get a, like, a, a com law textbook or whatever. <laughs> totally. So, so I imagine working in this space, and I'm sorry, Simone, you're going to have to beat Uh-oh. me to the that are sitting there going, how can we extract even more money from these students? Right. How can we get a piece of the pie when the one the one little bit of dignity to getting, uh, I'm not going to use that word, getting taken advantage of oh, yeah. uh, every single semester is maybe you'll sell it back at like 20% of the value. Right, right. right. And I, I was going to mention this too, because it's not just the publishers that are guilty of this, because they obviously are, are are awful. But the the whole like used like textbook market is a complete yes. racket and completely yes. terrible. And and the fact that like, you know, you have like the various, like, like the, the bigger, you know, um, uh, you know, like the, the university run shops and the other things where they will only give you a fraction of what the, what back for your book, mm-hmm. you might be lucky to be able to do private sale, but usually they'll only give you a fraction of it. And then the worst part is they will charge you like 95% of the sticker price to buy it used. So buying it used isn't even great. Oh, and what the publishers have done and what they've been doing for more than 20 years to try to get around the whole like people not selling stuff stuff is that they will put like a CD, it used to be a CD-ROM. Now it's like a, you know, like a website key or whatever. Mm. That if you want to access certain materials, you have, you, you, you do that, but that's only available to one person. So even if you buy the book used all of a sudden, like the supplemental stuff that they'll offer, you don't get. So this whole industry is terrible. Check, right. which claimed they wanted to disrupt things is also a terrible company. So Anyway, I, I hate all of this. Go on, carry on. It, it's just so, I don't know how you sleep at night. I really don't. Like college is so unaffordable. Every, like I'm in an age where I know a lot of people that are like trying to save money because they know these these bills are coming soon, right? For college. Right. And I mean, it costs a hundred thousand dollars to go to the state freaking school here in Massachusetts. A hundred thousand dollars. UMass is a good school. It's not fracking Harvard. It's just <laughs> not. I and it's just and they wanna this is what me off about web three. Every problem out there does not need some tech bro trying to figure out how to squeeze even more like money out of it for right. them. At some point, things have got to swing back more towards the users. And it's just, oh, it's so bad. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing, okay, I'm sorry to go no, off. No, no, please like, do. There's nothing here that they couldn't solve with just a fracking database. No. It doesn't yes. need to be an NFT. And no. we all know the stupid database component is going to be there anyway because of the DRM. So, right. Uh, exactly. You, you can't host the DRM, or I guess you could on the blockchain, but but it's going to get, you know, like somebody will crack it. And then what are you going to do, right? Like that actually, that's actually interesting. That's actually a funny thing to think about. Okay, please embrace this. The DRM will be broken immediately. 
And then people will be able to spread the NFT copies of the books everywhere very, very easily. And suddenly we finally have like piratable ebooks for textbooks, which unfortunately have a, there ha, there's not a large market for them even on the, the dark web um, slash and by dark web, I mean like private torrent sites that are dedicated to books and whatnot. So maybe that is the upside on this, is that this would really make piracy yeah. of textbooks a lot better. That is, that is <laughs> a fascinating concept and definitely something that I wanted to to touch on, too. Like, as you pointed out, Brie, like, they're basically what he is saying about, oh, we could do textbook NFTs is just a, a publisher CEO using buzzwords because, yep. as you said, there there is no reason, as we saw by the very, very tired jokes of people being like, hey, I right-clicked and saved as, and now I have your NFT. Like, <laughs> the, an NFT is a record. It is not in any way something that would stop people from cracking DRM, passing around digital textbooks, um, I do still think that this is a terrible idea and that oh, yeah. they should not go through with it, but it it really exposes, I think, a a digital illiteracy that is not at all surprising because it's not a solution to the problem that uh that Andy Bird is describing of people reselling textbooks and the company not seeing the money from it. Yeah. And what's what's weird to me, too, is that, again, like kind of as you pointed out, and I have to think, again, I have to think the reason they haven't done this before has been some stuff involved with the first sale doctrine. But for basically, you know, for 15 years, so Kendall came out 15 years ago. Like most people, when they think 2007 and big tech products, they think that the iPhone, which you should, but you should also think the Kendall, because those, I think, have been two of the most important innovations of the last you know, like a century, to, to be frank, like like in terms of like since year 2000. Mm-hmm. But like people have been wanting a used ebook market and the publishers have been the ones who've like very vociferously pushed back on it. And which, which makes little sense because they're, uh, you know, they could actually take part in the, in, in, in the proceeds depending on how the market worked. Um, I think the reason they don't want to be part of it is because there would have to be a first sale doctrine, meaning that people could sell them to other people where they wouldn't be part of it. But if you made it easy enough for people to do, right, like if you actually had your own mm-hmm. marketplace for this that was easy and that offered people a good value and, yeah, okay, you take a cut, but whatever, like they could they could recoup a lot of these, you know, they could get extra money for basically nothing. So this is this is like weird to me that now they're finally looking into this because of the buzzwords, to your point, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them have actually thought through what this would mean. I think that they're just on the buzzword train and are like, oh, this is what's going to get the investors excited about us, right? Because how do you get people excited about an industry that is literally only alive because you force people to be part of it? Because it's a, it's, it's a you know, cabal, basically. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well said. Hey, now, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Trade. Trade is a platform that lets you receive new and exciting coffees in your home on a schedule that works for you. You pop onto their website and you fill out a quiz about what kind of coffee you like, and then you start receiving fresh roasted bags of that in the mail, however often you like. Uh, I receive it once a month, because that's what I'm into. Uh, and every month when that bag of coffee arrives, it is a delicious smelling treat mm-hmm. for me. And it's something that pushes, you know, that, that pushes me to try new brands of coffee. Whereas usually uh, for the past 
probably like five years, I've been pretty, um, pretty uh, stale in my, if I may use that word choice, in my choices of coffee. But now I'm trying all new kinds. Uh, when you become a trade customer, you'll get the freshest and best tasting coffee you have ever made at home. And the coffee you'll be drinking will be from the country's best independent craft roasters, which helps those small businesses out a lot too. And guess what? Trade's coffee team, they have a coffee team, I hope they have a coffee team, actually taste tests thousands of coffees. And as I have said before, and I will reiterate it again, Trade, I don't know if you're listening to this to like check it before publication to see if I'm going to say something silly. Hire me. <laughs> I'm here. I've got a lot of time on my hands. Let me taste test the coffees. But they won't <laughs> because they. I think they hire like professional taste testers. I'm just a gal who loves coffee. Anyway, they keep 450 different kinds alive and ready to ship every day. Everyone has one coffee that they just love, and Trade is going to help you find it. Because, yeah, like I said, I personally get a different kind every month because I'm into experimenting. You could just order the kind that you love because, again, Trade will have found it for you. They're confident that they'll match you right the first time. And if they don't, just give them your feedback and an actual coffee expert, again, not me, an actual professional, will work with you to send a brand new bag for free so you know that you'll be looked after. Maybe they could start, hear me out, if you start some kind of trade coffee sommelier school, but not sommelier, but for coffee, you could educate me and then I could become an expert. Like we can, we can work together on this. Listen. Send you to coffee re-education camp? Yes, <laughs> please. Trade Coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters. Small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world. Uh, and Trade delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee uh, as whole beans or already ground, whatever grind you like, however you brew it at home, they deliver that to you and guarantee that you'll love the first order or they will replace it for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com rocket. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash rockets and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That URL one more time is drinktrade.com slash rocket for $30 off. Our thanks to trade for their support of this show and Relay FM. Genuinely so chuffed that they keep coming back. Uh, I continue to pay for their services uh, because I enjoy it. Hey, hey. Let's move on to today's dessert. Ooh, a that's a good one. Strange good situation. One. Strange. Over at Warner Brothers, uh, Warner Brothers' new CEO, David Zaslav, has taken a uh, harsh hand in up in a slate of upcoming DC films. Uh, Batgirl, a completely finished Batgirl movie, has been canned, according to posts from or articles from the New York Post and The Wrap. Uh, and confirmed by the studio at this and point. And confirmed by the studio. Uh, Batgirl was done. It finished filming in March. Uh, it has been test screened before audiences. And like, not as far as I had read, like, not like, yay, but like decently received. Um, but they have completely said like, yeah, this finished film that we've spent millions of dollars making is just not going to come out. It's not going to come out on HBO Max. It's not going to come out in theaters. 
this kind of follows um, the CEO Zaslav has been taking a has been distancing himself from decisions made during the pandemic to release movies simultaneously in theaters and on streaming or at a certain point, like just on streaming. Uh, Dune was a big one, of course, that had a, a window where it was available on HBO Max, as well as being in theaters. He is saying nah to that. Uh, from what I've again read about this Batgirl film, it kind of felt like budget wise and quality wise, like it wasn't, you know, a Zack Snyder DC movie that would be like a blockbuster in theaters, like a Batman or a Superman. It kind of felt like something that would be at home on HBO Max. Um, but it will now, I guess, never see the light of day. Oh, huh. <laughs> and that's pretty, I guess, disappointing for Batgirl fans. Like even I, I would say even if it weren't a a good movie, which we we don't know one way or another, um, it's always fun to talk about these things. So it's it's kind of an odd, interesting uh, and controversial, certainly decision. I have so, so many thoughts on this. Sorry, go I, on. Free. I do too. Uh, so before I like think about the movie itself, I just want to note this iteration of her costume that she wears in this is by far my favorite like version of Batgirl. So it was designed in 2014 by a, a woman artist, and I love it because it's a motorcycle jacket. It's motorcycle boots, and you can go into like her her notes from this time. And it's like, no, don't do boob socks. Like it's just <laughs> like it fits you like a motorcycle jacket, right? And I'd love that because it's like if you think about the way that that like Batman has gone, it's been let's make it more grounded, let's make it more realistic, and like this is it's it's something you would actually be able to go wear to fight crime, and it mm. it just looks badass and practical and cool and it was just completely the right direction uh, for this so this is this is my theory about this all of us here saw Harley Quinn movie uh, Birds of Prey we all loved it that movie bombed y'all and yeah. uh, from the uh, the reporting I've seen at like Variety um, you know they put 90 million dollars into this but it was also shot uh, like during the height of COVID and because of that uh, led to like COVID delays and cost overruns and it just wasn't like a allegedly a very good looking movie because of that. And my guess is that they're looking at their larger budget shortfalls that are happening because of the merger with Discovery and things being canceled right and left. Mm. And they're going, you know, we have to, this cost us $90 million so far. We could either dump another, you know, what, 50 into it along with marketing and try to get right. it to where it needs to be. Um, and it could go the way of Harley Quinn, or we can write it off on our taxes <laughs> and <laughs> right. just take this hit from here. That That's kind of my guess. And I just, I, I also, I think it's fair to say, like, these women-led projects just they get less traction, right? Like, I mean, we all want mm -hmm. to to see these movies, but let's, like, Black Widow came out far too late. Uh, Captain Marvel, I'm sorry, it was an average Marvel film. Uh, like, dudes have plenty of them, women can too, but not an amazing movie. And, you know, it's, it's if you're looking at the DC universe, there's just even less of a track record of these doing well. So that's kind of my guess about it. Yeah, that matches what a lot of the reporting has been, which is, so it's a couple of things to understand here. First of all, as you mentioned, um, David Zaslov, who is the, the CEO of uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, and obviously like his company, Discovery Communications, you know, bought out and took over like 
Warner Brothers or, you know, previously known as Warner Media. Um, part of him taking that on was like, okay, we're going to take on $41 billion in debt. We have to cut costs. We have to cut down the debt. There's a lot of, um, you know, um, overlap. There's a lot of things they have to do. And it not only, you know, $90 million, although people are really saying it's more like $100 million has been put into it, that's true, but that was money that the previous regime spent. Whereas to him, he's coming out and he's like, I haven't spent a dime on this. And in fact, <laughs> I've seen, you know, people who've like pointed out that they can get a tax write-off for the next two weeks if they cut certain projects oh. like they have until the middle of August, basically kind of kill things, and then they can get tax write-offs. So this would be an easy $100 million write-off. The producers of the film, I mean, it's done. Principal photography is done. It's been, at least in some edits, because there have been some, um, you know, screenings, there's been various, like, I'm, I'm hearing multiple things about, like, how good it is. I've heard some people who've literally said that it was, like, awful and irredeemable <laughs> from, from, from some studio sources. And I've heard other people who've told me it wasn't great, but it was fine. But what the actual creator said, and, and to be fair, this is the best thing they could say because this makes them look the best, is they made it seem like it was in no way close to finished, which means there was still a lot of editing to do. They probably needed to do reshoots um, mm. and, and probably other skirt massaging. So it's if it was really so close to the finish line where all it would take would be, you know, another five or 10 million, and then you could dump it with no marketing on HBO Max and then sell it in foreign territories where you don't have you know, streaming stuff, you could probably recoup most of your money, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems like you would have to put in a lot more with it, which, you know, still this isn't going to be a blockbuster, even if it had, even if it wasn't female-led, I I don't think that this was ever set up that way. And then on top of that, like, I, you know, no accounts have said that it's a great movie. Like, at, at best, you're hearing like, oh, it was fine, yeah. which, <laughs> which, which to David Zaslav, that's not what he's wanting to do. Um, another thing I'll kind of point out, I mean, this is disappointing. And it, what's nuts about this is this doesn't happen, right? Like sunk cost fallacy is something that most people in most businesses fall victim to. David Zaslav now has killed CNN Plus within 30 days of it of it existing. And now he's willing to literally shut down a movie where principal photography was done. Like this doesn't happen. So it's fascinating to watch. But um, as I mentioned on Twitter today, and as, as I think it was Deadline who mentioned, every decision he's been making has been a complete and utter referendum um, on, like, everything that Jason Keelar did when he was CEO of Warner Media. Like, he's literally reversed every single direction because he's been pretty vocal about the fact that he doesn't think that any of those decisions were good. <laughs> so it's one of those interesting things. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday. Unfortunately, major, we're, we know we're about, we're ahead of a major rocket rules thing because the, the Warner discovery, um, uh, earnings call is tomorrow where it is expected that Zaslav will actually share what the future of HBO max is and what the rumors are right now. People at HBO don't even know. I've been texting with Warner, um, brothers discovery people. And I've also been like, you know, I've, I've been reading reports, but I've been texting people. Everybody there is like, freaked out and I really hope everything's okay. Oh God. But, but 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 what 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 the rumors are leaking out is that it's very possible that they will be basically getting rid of most of HBO Max. Um the app will be in some ways rolled into Discovery Plus. Who knows what they'll call it. Um and that the the um the non-scripted HBO Max stuff is basically dead. And that the scripted stuff, my gut feeling says this is what I anticipate will happen, will be that the good stuff like hacks will go ahead and move to HBO, the network. 
um, and also be available online. And and maybe some of the stuff like like Harley Quinn, which I hope you know survives. Oh, and other that's stuff. so good. But but it it is so good. But there might be other things where they're just like, yeah, you know what, we are going to kill it. Um, so who? The, the, but this is all like something's going to happen tomorrow. People are utterly freaked out. But like. You know, the, 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 this, it could be, as I was saying with one friend earlier today, it could make like the red wedding that happened at the CW a couple months ago, you know, like, like look small. So that really makes me worried for our flag means death, which just started oh, yeah, shooting yeah. again, um, after like a very long, weird wait for that to be renewed, which was probably, uh, I guess we, we don't know. We don't know if that was related to drama within HBO and like executives being unwilling to support projects that had initially been started by executives that had since left the company or whether it was related to them wanting to do like a a sneaky thing. And they literally announced that it was renewed on the first day of June, which clever listeners will note is Pride Month, um, which I felt was something that I have just accepted because I wanted a second season of that show and I don't care. But uh, anyway, but Long story short, I think that um, the CEO has shown with these actions that it doesn't matter if a show is, say, shooting right now, um, if he feels that it is a a cost that he doesn't want for HBO, it'll go. Uh, Which is nerve-wracking, but I'm not going to, you know, uh, catastrophize about it. Uh, What I will say is I really freaking like HBO Max, uh, and I would like to keep having it. I I would, too. I mean, okay, my gut says that that, I mean, might be called something else, and I don't know what it'll be. I think that, like, having a service with all of the catalog content and the other stuff will remain, I think it's some of the originals that's weird. And to be honest with you, I think HBO Max is the best value out there, and I think it's got the best, both originals and the best catalog content. Like, I think it's overall the best streaming service. That's my personal opinion. Strongly Mm -hmm. agree. but having said that, we've all said, like, I was very vocal from the beginning. The name is terrible, right? Yeah. The name is absolutely awful. That was an AT&T decision. That was, that was a John Stanky decision. It's a terrible name. How do you differentiate between a Max original and an HBO show? Like, it, that stuff doesn't make sense. And the fact that the, the service has succeeded in spite of that is a small miracle. That doesn't mean that, like, if I put my business hat on and take away, like, my, my Christina fan of media hat, that I, that I can't, like, be like, Okay, I would understand if instead of having this weird HBO Max hodgepodge thing you had, you know, like whatever app you want to call it, maybe you call it the Warner Brothers Discovery Plus or whatever app that has the various content types and you have an HBO section which shows all their stuff and and maybe you take, you know, your your best performing and your most critically acclaimed Max originals and you put them on the HBO schedule. Um, because I, I think that there are, that's a small enough list that I think you probably have the programming hours to do it. But I don't know. I hope that that would be the case. I hope it wouldn't be the case where they would just kind of like kill everything good about HBO Max, mm. meaning the catalog content, you know, and, and and just like put an HBO tab in like the Discovery Plus app. I hope they don't do that. But yeah. Yeah, I we definitely agree. I, I, I'm really with you that it's a confusing experience because – like when I watch HBO, I expect a show of a certain quality, right? And I'm 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 browsing it like last weekend and like we're going through and Frank's like, look at this show. And I, I bring it up. I'm like, oh, that's a CW show. And 
I just don't want to watch it. And he's like, well, why are we watching that? I'm like, because it's not up to HBO standards, probably. Like, let's watch something, like, at that level. And I, I do think that it's a little confusing, everything there. That said, they've got the Rolls Royce of entertainment. Like, they've yeah. got the best. Netflix Absolutely. is imploding right now. Apple TV is a great deal. Uh, it's wonderful. It's never going to be the king. It's just, no. it's a great yeah. secondary service. Um, you know, Showtime, pff, I love Homeland. I'm sorry, Showtime ain't it, you know. And it's like, the, this is the time that you want to double down and like take out the king while Netflix is like literally dying. So it's just, it's a strategy. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. Yeah. Any final thoughts on uh, HBO before we move on? I mean, I think that tomorrow is going to be really interesting. So next week, we're going to have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. I don't know. I have to say, so I've been I've been uh, texting with a friend of mine who's an entertainment reporter who has been very, very angry about how upset all the nerds are over this stuff because Aww. he's like, this is show business. Like, and, and, he, and he's a fan too, but he's like, why are people being so ridiculous about this? And I'm like, on the one hand, I completely agree, Frank. On the other hand, this is like some of the best gossip and drama that I've seen in forever. So I'm living for this. Like I, I'm, I'm going to be recording something when the um, earnings call happens. Um, earnings report happens tomorrow. Um, I hope that I'll be done filming by then, so that I can like listen live and maybe like live tweet my reactions as everything goes down. Uh, I, but I do hope you know that the the job loss stuff isn't too great because that that's never fun. But this is, I can't stress again, like as much sense as, as this might make from a business level, maybe this is so unprecedented. Like you, okay. TV shows like, like glow is an example. Yeah. Okay. They were, they had already filmed a few episodes and were filming it. And the Netflix was like, we're cutting the cord. Mm -hmm. Like that happens. But a movie, yeah. like a, a hundred million dollar budgeted movie, you know, with, with like real actors in it, like that's like part of like your, one of your big IP franchises to just be like, now nah, we're going to kill it. There's going to be a book about the whole AT&T, Warner Brothers thing, and then, like, Discovery coming in. There's going to be a book about this. I cannot wait for it to happen. Yeah. And, and it's, like, it can't happen soon Between enough. Between this and uh, the VCs being subpoenaed about Elon Musk, it's it's a good week for drama. And next week it will really be is. even better. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Scared, the new true crime podcast thriller from NBC. It's the terrifying true story of William, a child born in Pennsylvania to an underprivileged single mom. While playing basketball after school, William is forced to flee the city after a fight on the playground turns violent. Leaving his family and friends behind, William leaves for California, entering a world he doesn't understand and may never fit into. Scared is a terrifying true crime story about violence tearing families apart. Download the first episode of Scared next week on your favorite podcast client and listen and enjoy. Our thanks to Scared for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So, 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 let's move on to what we're doing this week. No, no, we can't. <laughs> we really can't. So I just want to, let's, let's go through. Okay. So this is, it's, it's the story of William. Yes. Yes. Okay. William lives in Pennsylvania. Yes. Yes. What, what cities are in Pennsylvania, Simone? Oh, God. Uh, Philadelphia? Top of my head, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh -huh. I love West this. Phil West Philadelphia, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So William 
It sounds like you're laughing about a terrifying... Gets on a a fight on playground while playing basketball. Yes. And then moves to California. Yes. 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 (laughs) Because some stuff went down? Yeah. I guess you could say that. You could phrase it (laughs) that way. Yes. 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 Have you never seen Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Do you think I'm not playing along with your bit? Okay. Okay. Brianna, what are you doing this week? What am I doing this week? I'm finding new ways to troll Simone by getting Mike and Stephen to put fake ads into our system. And make you? And see what thing and you'll just read whatever we put in front of you. which which we've learned is, is is true which we've learned is true i caught on the specific line that did it was I, I, and i don't if you re-listen to the the read maybe you'll hear this in my voice forced to flee the city after a fight on the playground turns violent that's where it clicked for me <laughs> and you're like oh my god <laughs> i was like wait <laughs> brianna Wu. You gotta stay on your toes with me, so it's really oh, good. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh what else are you up to this week, Bree? <laughs> uh, uh God, what the <laughs> um <laughs> This explains why it says we're being paid zero dollars for the <laughs> Yeah, well, because we hoped that you would think it was just like an in-kind thing, and 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 that like that's why we were doing it. We were doing it like because maybe maybe the the, the William podcast will also promote us. Oh. At first, I was like, okay, what fake ads can I come up with? Bail bonds. <laughs> Let's have Simone read an ad for bail bonds. <laughs> but I thought it was oh. too obvious, and I thought you'd catch on. I'm uh, what am I doing this week? Uh, we're obviously um, not to get political, but uh, last night with Kansas was really good uh, news uh, politically. Uh, the thing things are looking much better for the Democrats, uh, so we are doubling down on uh, a lot of our work. So I've got vets and candidates, pretty demands, get some things out. That's what I'm up to. All right, Christina. What are you up to this week? Okay, well, it was really hard for me to like keep like a, a straight face while you were reading that. First of all, and that's ama- an amazing troll, Brianna. Um, I don't know if we can top this. That was so good. Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm still like evading the heat, but I'm just doing some work stuff. I do have some breaking news that unfortunately we did not have time to discuss, but I do want to share as my like update. Uh, Mark Cuban is apparently going to build like a real life Jurassic Park in some city what? in Texas. Yeah, it's going to have like animatronic dinosaurs and stuff. Ah, which is amazing. Oh. So, Mark Cuban, you're the one BC that I love and and respect, and we would we would love to have you on our podcast sometime to talk uh, to us yeah. about, about about dinosaur Texas oh. or talk about your your uh, prescription drug thing, which is great. Everything I take is on there. It's amazing. Oh my goodness! Oh, this is great. Oh, I will 100 percent go there. Except you gotta go to Texas, which is probably I mean not a problem it, for it is, me. Yeah. 
I was going to say, I will go. Like a, a friend of the pod, Alex Kranz, who loves Texas with all her heart uh, because she's from Texas. This is like, and loves Jurassic Park with all her heart because she's a nerd. Like this, I think, was like built for her. Um, but this is really, honestly, I feel like if this becomes like a real thing, like I think this has to be like a rocket. We got to like, cover trip. it. it yeah, it's going to be like it. episode 500, I guess, at the, Something the like rate that. I mean, that they're going at. At the way. At the rate, at the rate we're going at, yeah, exactly. But regardless, like this is this is a must, a must Thank you, thing. thank so, you for this so breaking. news. I had news. to share this. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I had stuff. to share this breaking news. Yeah. Uh, this oh week, my God. I, I'm just working on finishing a video that's going to be going up this weekend. It's about horses in video games, but perhaps more nice. importantly, I do want to <laughs> shout out is the wrong phrase for this. Um, oh yeah. Highlight my yeah. uh, coworker Jenna Steber, who I've been working with for the last four and a half years, got laid off last week. Uh, she's been on the video team making like really, really incredible video essays with us for you know a long time. And one of the things that I think sets Jenna apart from the rest of us fools is that she has a whole master's degree. She's really, really smart. Uh, she is incredible at both like laying out her own ideas, but also hearing your ideas and improving upon them slash f- what a good editor does, which is like finding the ways in which your ideas could be stronger, could be better, questioning assumptions um, and j- just really thinking things through. She is a video editor. She is a podcaster. She is a streamer. Uh, she has a lot of experience on like physical onset shoots as well. So uh, she's great um i it's gutting that we're not going to have her insights on like on the stuff that we're working on anymore but uh if you are a person who would like to a uh follow her support her in some way maybe just enjoying her streams or perhaps by hiring her i don't know uh you can find her at twitter.com slash the jenna that's t-h-e-j-e-n-n-a um she streams at the underscore jenna on twitch um, she also has a Patreon for her D&D podcast, which is called the Burnt Cookbook Podcast. You can find basically all of that information uh, on her Twitter. Um, and she has a link tree there with like all kinds of like all, all of those links that I talked about. And her pinned tweet has all of that information in it. So I definitely like at the very least, I recommend that you go uh, check out what she's doing and see if you like it. Um, and then it would be also very cool if... <laughs> One of you just had a job sitting around for her. Uh, yes, hundred percent. I just want to back up everything you're saying. Like there, look. Let's all be honest. There are a lot of terrible people that work in media, but Jenna's not one of them. Yep. She's, she's genuinely nice and open and good, and just does amazing work. And just respect the hell out of her. And uh, if you can support her, uh, is, she, is she still doing like the Patreon thing? Yes. So her podcast yeah. has a Patreon. I, I think she had been tossing around. I haven't checked in on, on Twitter in a bit, but she had been tossing around the idea of like, could she do a Patreon and continue making YouTube video essays? I think that's something she is thinking about, but obviously like it's it's very fresh and also subscriptions to Premiere cost a lot of money. Um, yep. Equipment costs a lot of money. So that those are all kinds of future questions either way way, just pop over to her on twitter just you know getting laid off is terrible it would be a kind thing to do and you know these are these are times when kindness matters absolutely thank you so much everyone for listening to me listening hearing me out that's the phrase i'm looking for on that one um brianna where can we find you on online if we wanted to do such a thing uh you can find me on twitter brianna Wu. 
<laughs> and Christina, what about you? You can find me on the Twitters and the Instagrams at film underscore girl. I also joined a new social media network called Co-Host, which is weird. I read about it on The Verge. And at Co-Host, I'm film girl one word because they don't allow underscores, which is weird. But anyway, so if you're also on Co-Host, I don't know how I'm going to post there, but like they let you do weird stuff with CSS and it's very web 1.0 and I like it. So what, film underscore what is girl. The, what is the it's, point it's, of it's, it's, I don't know. It's kind of like Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> It's, okay. It, I, I read an interesting uh, article about it on the verge, and I was like, "This looks neat." So, um, but, but honestly, just full underscore girl on uh, Twitter and, and Instagram. But you know, as always, look. One day, like six or seven years ago, me and a bunch of my colleagues got dozens and dozens of, of Peach usernames. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm nothing if not an early adopter, but uh, I, I am also on the co-host. If you uh, if you end up experimenting with that over the next week and enjoy it, maybe we could talk about it on the show. Absolutely. All right. So you can find me on Twitter and everywhere else at Doom Quasar and at YouTube.com slash Polygon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rockets. If you enjoyed it, I hope you will leave us five stars review in Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find and enjoy our great, wonderful show. Thanks for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 